This week's guest asks, what do your customers think about your staff? Well, what do your customers, internal or external, see when they watch you work? Are you ticking off the boxes or are you working with vitality? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 90 of the Resilient Journey podcast presented by the Resilience Think Tank. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman, and this week I'm joined by former Australian rugby league player turned professional trainer and keynote speaker, David Lindsay. In this week's episode, David walks us through his five steps to vitality and tells us about the similarities between sports and business teams. He shares insights on the importance of leadership in creating a culture of success. Regardless of your profession, if you want to improve vitality and achieve your goals, this episode is for you. David, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm happy to have you here. I'm honored that uh, that you joined us. Let's start off with uh, just up front where both of us are at the moment. So I'm currently with a client. I'm in Grand Cayman. You're at your home and tell everybody where that is and then introduce yourself, please. Yeah, I'm coming all the way from Sydney, Australia. So it's great to have this chat with you from the Caribbean to Sydney, Australia and around the world. So and just briefly, in a nutshell, I've been a full-time coach and trainer for over 20 years. I played semi-professional rugby league. I had two knee reconstructions in rugby league, which that put a stop to that. When I was 22, I had my second um, knee reconstruction I was big and strong, so a bloke actually got me into arm wrestling, which I honestly never even knew that as a sport. But like with everything I do, I put my heart and soul into it. I jumped in and I went in and did arm wrestling and did really well with training and was on my way to go in some professional arm wrestling tournaments over in the States. Unfortunately, I snapped my arm in Corfu, Greece, doing arm wrestling, I did what you learned the very first lesson not to do. Mm -hmm. I did that. Unfortunately, I snapped my arm, had to fly back to Australia, get it operated on. My arm became paralyzed from that. Thought my athletic and sporting career was behind me because who wants a coach? Who wants an athlete that can't use their arm? So my world got shaken up and taken from, from underneath me. But after four months of my arm being paralyzed, it slowly started to come back. At that time, I was 23 and I was still competitive. Well, I still am to this very day competitive. I was competitive when I was born, hopefully all the way till I draw my last breath. But where I did my Cert 3, Cert 4 personal training, there was a Kung Fu school across the road from that. And I went, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in and I'm going to get my black belt. So I did Kung Fu, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, submission wrestling. And then from there, again, I didn't want to just do it in the class. So I got out and I did a few cage fights. And speaking with my wrestling coach, he he put this into my head about, David, you're so much more than just a fighter. You're so much more than just a coach. You can impact so many, so many more people than just the people that are around you. And that really put a seed seed right in the back of my mind. And then I went and saw Eric Thomas and won a, a weekend to a boot camp for speaking. And I didn't even know I was speaking as a potential career. I knew of Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, these gods out there. And I thought, man, 
imagine being up on stage with with them or doing what they do. But who am I? I'm just David. But I went and did speaking course. I did a 12-month course. And then one thing led to another. And now I do speaking. I do my five steps towards improved vitality, where I take all my methodologies from sports and bring it across to the corporate world. And that's where I am currently. I, I really like that story. And I know there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of setback and there's a lot of 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 heartbreak and disappointment in that story but there's also a huge amount of resilience in that story and that's what we're about on this mm. podcast it's called the resilient journey and we talk about all kinds of different ways that people can demonstrate resilience but what i like about it and i, I think the common theme that i see out of you here is no matter what it is you choose to do you do it with a degree of excellence and that that's got to be a driving factor for you right yeah certainly and, and thank you that that's what i really strive myself to do is whatever i do whether it's sports whether it's coaching people whether it's speaking i put a hundred percent effort in because when i get older and I, i've spoken to my wife about this as well i don't want to be sitting on my rocking chair going what if if only i had have done this if only i had to put more effort in so I don't put one foot in one, one foot in the other. I jump with both feet. So when I was fighting, I was training three times a day in the lead up to, to the fights. With rugby league, I was training five, six times a week, plus game day, plus recovery. With with speaking, it's very similar to fighting as well. So I still have to prepare. I practice at least three times a week on a big stage while I'm fatigued. Everything I do, I put 100% into it. And like you said, there are so many times when you hit an obstacle, my arm break, my knee reconstruction, whatever it is. But what lessons can you take from that? Well, and what you're demonstrating is leadership and you're also leaving a legacy and you're impacting lives. And uh, mm. I, I know as I've gotten older in my career and resilience, that's been a goal. And I've been talking to a lot of people we want to leave uh, a mark. We want to leave a legacy. We want to mm. impact people. We want to make the people around us better. And so today we're going to be talking about vitality. But before we get too deep into that, what I'd like you to do is explain what you mean when you use the term vitality, please. Yeah, that's easy. And I can do a short, sharp, succinct. Vitality is having vim, vigor, passion for what you do. Short and sharp. So what do I mean by that? It's You see so many people that they turn up to work. They're walking hunched. They just mope in. They clock on. They walk to their desk. They, they're really counting down the time until they can clock off. They go, they clock off, they go home, and they take that same energy with them wherever they go. Whereas when you increase your vitality, you're happy to be at work. You increase morale productivity and therefore profitability within the business. You have people that want to be at work. And when you're in a good team, not only do you want to work for yourself, but you want to work for the people around you. You're willing to do more, stay for longer, and you have a much better time doing it when everyone's on the same page, when everyone's there enjoying work. And you go home, when you're at work, you're 100% at work. When you're at home, you're at home with your family. You're at home with those people because you know that you've done everything that you can when you're at work. It's those people where they're sort of, like I said before, when I do things, I jump in with both feet. I've spoken to many people. While they're at work, they're worried about what's going on at home. When they're at home, they're worried about what's going on at work. 
So they're never really in one place giving it their all. And that's really what raising, raising their vitality is about. I, I love that. And I love the idea of, of passion. You talked about vim and vigor. And, mm. uh, you know, I, I've had guests on and we've talked about if you don't have a passion for what we do, we're in the resilience industry. We're working to make the organizations that we work for more resilient, able mm. to withstand a disruption, work through a disruption, recover quickly, whatever the terms are of wherever we're working. And mm. if you're not passionate about that, you're just going through the motions, then your employer or your client is not going to see the value in what you do. And this is very fascinating to me. And I just want the listeners to understand as resilient professionals, this applies to us. So let's talk about this a little bit. You compare business teams to sports teams. Explain why you like that analogy. Is that because your background was in sports or is there some other reason that you really like that analogy? Yeah, well, it, it is because my background is in sports because sports is really who I am. I'm an athlete, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, and I'm a speaker. And it's really part of who I am. But what it means is I can go and talk to different industries and everyone has a concept of sports, whether you've played sports or whether you're an armchair athlete. Like I've spoken at financial conferences. I don't know fiscal policies. I don't know this. I don't know that. I don't know how to level their spreadsheets or whatever they talk about. I don't talk about finance. I talk about raising vitality. I've spoken at security companies, cleaning companies, leagues clubs, um, all these sort of different industries. I don't use their terminology. I use sporting terminology because really it, it's a global thing. People understand sports. People understand positions. They understand winning in a in a game sense. And also because sporting games are finite, it's easy to see. And that's where I take all of my steps, all of my philosophies from sport is, yes, it's who I am, but it's also what's understandable by people across so many different uh, professions, different sectors. So, and what I say where the sporting team is very much like a business team is if you're the manager, boss or supervisor, you look at yourself as your coach or you're a trainer. If you're an employee, you are the athlete. So the athletes are the ones out there. They're, they're meeting the customers. They're meeting the clients. They're the face-to-face. -face. They're making sure that everything is clean. So same as in sports team, every position has a different skill set and a different mindset. So it doesn't matter whether you're a cleaner, whether you're a salesman, whether you're what whatever you're doing, do your job exceptionally well. Concentrate on what you do. Yes, you communicate with other players in your team, but you don't step into their department. It's like with, with Gridiron. You don't get the quarterback going in and being a linesman because they've got completely different build. They've got a completely different mindset and a different approach to how they go in the game. So in sport, just think about your position. What can you do exceptionally well and do that? And then you're going to raise the bar each time and the whole team will raise the bar. This is very uh, energizing to me. I love this. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of uh, one who I, I love my job. I know there are a lot of people that get Sunday night anxiety where they, you know, about 
seven o'clock Sunday evening, they start getting anxious about the new work week. And for me, it's uh, it's almost the opposite. I I, I get to Sunday and I start to get excited about, you know, what's ahead and what I can do and the influence that I can have. But I get that not everybody has that. And so I want to talk about these two scenarios that that you have uh, on your website and, and I want to get you to, to walk me through this and the transition from one to the other. All right. So I'll set it up and then and then I'll throw it over to you. All right. So scenario one is a staff that's just kind of, eh, they're going through the motions. They're just checking the boxes. They go to work to get paid. They're not inspired and they're not energized. And their customers can see it. The customers... Mm. Uh, are not impressed. They're, there's just nothing to be impressed about. And they're just, like I said at the beginning, just going through the motions. Uh, you described this with a great George Carlin quote. And anytime you can work in a George Carlin quote, it's worth doing. Uh, <laughs> right? So people work just hard enough not to get fired and get paid just enough not to quit. And And so that's scenario one. Compare and contrast that with scenario two, where your staff are happy and playful is the way you describe it. They really care for the experience that the customer is having. They feel appreciated. They're more willing to help one another. And so the result is that the customer sees that attitude and they have a more positive customer experience. The question is, and it, it, so much of this depends on culture of, of where you work, yeah. I think. Very but much so. If you have a mindset that is, man, I'd like to be more energized. I'd like to show more vitality. But I work in scenario one. Like, how do you influence that to move from that ah, just going through the boxes mentality to, uh, you know, a, a more energized group? What's How do you do that? Is that where your five steps come in? Yeah, well, the five steps comes in across all boards. So even if you're, and it's funny because it's got the companies that are doing well, that they're the ones that get me in to not just do well, but to to do exceptionally well. Hmm. It's the companies that are down low where they've got almost got their head in the sand. If they go, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. This is how it's always going to be. And you see quite often those companies, it doesn't matter even how big they are, they have a downhill slide. Yeah, the five steps towards improved vitality. The first one is all about creating routines and rituals to help you snap into action. So that's where you're going to walk in. Like we all have our mobile phones accessible to us. I had some music playing when when I got on the line with you because music is a great mood ultra. It can really help pump you up and get you excited if you're feeling a little bit flat. And afterwards, it can help calm you down if you're feeling a bit anxious. So like you said, with the people on the Sunday, if they're already starting to stress about what's going on at work, there's a few different thing, things to really consider. If it's affecting you on Sunday, why would you keep going week after week when the stress is just building up? Look for what you can do. Look for what you're passionate about. Hmm. And with that, you're also going to do so much better, like you said, with things that you're passionate about. When you're in a team environment, And with the five steps towards improved vitality, it's not about doing, sitting around holding hands, saying, singing kumbaya. It's not about that. It's about doing little things each and every day that have that compound effect. And 
like I said, I use music and also power pose, walking with power, passion and purpose. And the good thing about this is if you're the solitary person that does that, what you have to do, you you have the, you're showing that resilience to go against the trend of just moping in, clocking on, moping to your desk. You walk in with energy. Do that for three, four, three or four days a week. And then the person next to you will go, man, what's Mark on? I want to have some of what he's on. And then you might talk and go, yeah, man, I'm using music. I'm putting my headphones on. I'm listening to things that are educating myself, that are inspiring me, that are pumping me up. So that isn't even intrinsic. That's extrinsic. So bring motivation from outside in. But utilize that. Then one becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight. And then you get to that tipping point where everyone's in like that and everyone's on the same page. So there's a great book, The Energy Bus, where they go, you have the people that bring the energy and you have people that suck the energy, the energy vampires. So you want people to bring the energy. You want everyone on the same bus going in the same direction. And it's not an overnight thing, but bit by bit by bit, you get into one month, two months after utilizing this and you'll, you won't even need to see the change because you'll feel the change. And when everyone gets on that bus, everyone's going in that same direction and everyone is playing their part in the team, that's where you have a lot more fun. That's where you're more productive. Where instead of on Sunday, like you said, where the people go anxious, they're more like you and like me. What difference can I make today? How many people can I have an impact with? Even if you're customer-facing, how many people can leave feeling better because of what I did? And it's about flipping that mindset, but it all starts with turning up, walking with power, passion, and purpose, utilizing music, and snapping into action. So that's actually the first step that I use in the five steps towards improved vitality. Let let me jump in right there because it's almost very similar to someone who's experienced uh, intentional weight loss, and they use the phrase, look good, feel good, feel good, look good. It starts to self-perpetuate a little bit. And I really like that. All right. What's step two? Step two is napping for peak performance. So in sports, you don't, you don't play for the full 80 minutes, a hundred percent. Even if you're on the field for 80 minutes, you sprint, you recover, you sprint, you recover. I like to use the terminology of lifting weights. When you go to weights, because so many people think of stress as a bad thing. And I ask people that, I go, who thinks that stress is a bad thing? The majority of people put their hand up. Stress isn't a bad thing. In fact, stress is required for growth, but it's stress plus recovery is where the growth is. So that means having a lunch break. That means being able to just disassociate when you finish work. Like I said said earlier on, when you're at work, be 100% at work. When you're at home, be 100% at home. So the way that I tell people to do this is at the end of their shift, have a simple checkoff list. Use the Zinganik effect, where what that is is shows on, on a Friday, soap operas, they they open a loop and they leave it open. So a car goes off the edge of a cliff. You go, who's in that car? Do they survive? And so you're thinking about it over the weekend. It's like when when you leave work and you go home and you go, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I? So the loop is open, 
so you're thinking about it, so you're not able to fully recover. Then on Monday on the soap opera, it closes. So it's open the whole time when you're with your family. Then when you go back to work, that's when you can fix it. So have a simple checkoff list. So while you're at work, you're 100% at work. While you're at home, you're 100% at home. So it's about napping for peak performance, knowing systems and strategies, knowing why you do this. Why do you have a lunch break? Well, we're not using the camera, but I have water with me everywhere I go. So staying hydrated, taking time to breathe is all about the napping for peak performance. I I really like what you said there. And one of the things that I do, just a little uh, tip from my side is I'll make myself a pickup note where I'll be like, okay, on Monday, pick this up here. And then that way I can compartmentalize my weekend. I don't have to necessarily think about that. I know there's a note waiting for me of what's important when it comes to, uh, you know, when I come back to work. All right. What's step three? Step three is tap. And so I I got all of these from fighting. So because with, with nap, you get choked out, you tap or you nap. Tapping is, I might get caught in an armbar in a fight. I can fight it to a certain amount, but then I tap. What I do, that doesn't mean that I failed or it doesn't mean that I quit. What it means is, okay, I go back to my coach. How did I get caught in that armbar? How can I avoid that? And day by day, you get better. You get better until I can leave that arm there as a trap. Many, many businesses see the importance of tapping and evolving. So what it is, now is a perfect time to do this. What we've been through the last three years, try things. Try it. Know that there's a drop-off point. If you have to tap, you fail fast, you fail forward. You learn, grow, and evolve. So you don't keep doing the same thing time after time after time. I'm going to try something. So you be either an innovator or an early adapter on something. And if it fails, that's all right. Learn from it. Fail fast, fail forward. Or if you don't, you keep riding it until it hits the apex. And then once it's there, knowing when is the time to jump off. So thinking of failure as a learning point not as a quitting point. So long as you learn from it, you know, you tap, you learn, grow and evolve. So let me ask you something about that, because we might have some people who are, um, again, in in my industry, in the resilience industry, maybe they work for a boss who won't necessarily support that approach. Um, Sometimes uh, our clients want us to be perfect or near perfect all the time, and, and they don't, would not appreciate hearing us say, hey, I need to tap on this. Uh, I tried something. It didn't work as well as I could. Uh, What's your recommendation for people in that setting? Yeah, for sure. Because what we said there was really the perfect perfect way of approaching it is going, okay, yeah, okay, I've I've tapped. Mark, I, I had this phone call. It didn't go according to plan. It didn't follow the script. And then that's where it opens dialogue as well, where you go, okay, so what what part did it start going wrong? Because no matter how you want, and we go deeper into this a little bit later on, but with a short one is, okay, so what can you do next time to get that a little bit better? What can you do next time if they throw this curly question? Because it's happened. I get it. You're not going out there intending to fail. All right, Mm. what's step four? Is clap, is celebrating. We see all the time in sports, but very rarely in business. Celebrating is all about bringing the team together because you know, I know, 
lot of people out there know that a congratulations, a pat on the back, public recognition goes such a long way and it doesn't cost anything or you can give give people little monetary returns. But it's about recognising the time, effort and dedication that someone's put into it. Because if someone is constantly putting in above and beyond, it gets to the point where they go, I'm no longer appreciated. They throw their hands up and they move on. But celebrating, celebrating as a team, because I know when I was playing football, I'm a super competitive guy in everything I do. But when I have my mate alongside of me, I don't know, I seem to get superhuman speed and strength that if he misses a tackle, I'm going to cover. As opposed to if it's just an associate, I'm half a step slow. And it's the same in the work environment. That you're willing to do more, put in a bigger effort, stay for longer if it's with people that you know, like, and trust, people that you care about. Because you spend so long at work, why not create a family at work and a family at home? and put your best in for both of them. That's amazing. And uh, it, it it builds relationships and uh, it starts to spread that vitality too. There's, there's a, a yeah. couple of things happening there. Uh, all right, step five. Step five is a deeper level of step three because step three, tapping is learning, growing and evolving. So that's in the run of the play. Step five is recap, which is all about continuous never-ending improvement in everything we do. Sitting down with people, finding not just top to bottom, but from bottom to top. So as a coach, I can sit down on the sidelines, take down notes, what worked, what didn't work. Then with Rugby League, we, we'd watch it a second time with all the different coaches. We think we see things from a slightly different perspective. So I put them all in notes and then we give them to the players. So we watch it a third time with the players. This time we get feedback from the players, not just top to bottom, like I said, but bottom to top. People that are on ground zero. Like I, I may see things, but I don't hear things from that far away. Right. So as a coach, I tell problems, I tell the players that we want problems. We need problems, but we also need solutions. So everything you do from the ground up, what what can you do that's that little bit better, that 1% better? Because nobody has ever played the perfect game and no one ever will. And that's perfectly fine. We want to edge that little bit closer to it though. So what, what can we do? And you, like I said, you record down problems. But you must also draw a line in the sand that we're never to throw anyone under the bus. If right. the fullback dropped the ball three or four times, as a coach, I'm well aware. The players are well aware. Everyone is well aware. That's my job to show them how to play it, how to catch it correctly. Or maybe we have him playing in the wrong position. Maybe he's the world's best 5'8", and yet we have him playing at fullback. If, say, the accounts department, if one of them dropped the ball, maybe they're not so good at, with figures. Maybe we have them playing in the wrong position. Maybe they've got such a bubbly personality. They should be front of house, wheeling and dealing, whining and dining. Mm -hmm. And we simply have them playing in the wrong position. So that's what recap is. It's all about that little bit more, that little bit more. And it's a structured, structured event. Tap is on the fly. Recap is structured. We can yeah. all do that. You know, we have so many meetings that we go to. We have so many presentations that we have to do. Or we have, whether maybe we're trying to sell something or we're trying to do whatever. 
And you're right. Sometimes it doesn't go perfectly, but Mm. that's important to note. Mistakes are going to happen and you're going to have days. You might be well on the road to increasing your vitality, but there are going to be certain days where you just don't feel it. Right. hundred percent. And it happens to everyone. But then what I do, because I, I get days where I go, it's cold, it's wet. You know, I'm I'm normal, like I'm up early. I normally get to the gym at four o'clock in the morning. I do my own training and we're, we're coming into winter here at the moment. So there's days where it is cold, where it's wet, where I just don't feel like it. But because I've set, set it up as part of my life, I know at the end of it that I'm going to feel so much more energetic. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to feel so much better about myself then if I roll over and hit the snooze button, I go, I hit, I set up the alarm for a reason. And it's knowing the end result. Right. Knowing, okay, there are times, yes, when I need to have time off. And that's what you have with step two, with nap. Knowing, okay, I've trained myself super hard for the past four or five weeks. Now I might have three, four, five days off, but it's structured we know when to nap. We know why to nap and how to nap for that peak performance. It's not just because I don't feel like it. Because like I said, I know the end result. I know how I'm going to feel if I if I do go and do it. Or I know how I'm going to feel if I don't do it. It's like with phone calls. I know how I'm, I might be going, man, I have to call up Mark. I've heard, you know, he, he's a tough guy on the phone. So I, a lot of it's in my head. I've built that up in my own head. And then once I have the conversation, I go, I'm so glad that I did that. You know what? Mark was actually a great bloke to talk to as opposed to if I didn't do it, then I'll be building it up in my head. Then the next person I go and speak to, I'm going to build it up in my head that they're going to be worse. So it's that Mm -hmm. negative snowball effect as opposed to the positive snowball effect. You talked about music. I'm going to get you out of here in just a second because we're right out of time. But you talked about music as part of step one. And this is something I'm starting to ask my guests. And I didn't warn you about this. I apologize for that. A song that would be played out loud when you walked into a room, what song would you pick? That's easy because it's the theme song that I have when I walk out to fight. So for me, that's Wolf Mother, Joker and the Thief. So I, I get that purely because it gets me so energized, just the beat of it. Or what I was listening to just before was Queen, uh, Don't Stop Me Now. So right. one of those two songs. And, yeah, that that's what it's about. Like, you know, just don't stop me. Or if you try and stop me, it's not going to work anyway. I'm going to either sidestep you. I'm going to jump over you. I'm going to go through you. I'm going to go under you. But I'm going to get there in the end. So those, those are the two songs. You can't argue with that, man. That's good stuff. Listen, David, thank you for doing this. People are going to want to connect with you. I know it. What's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, is LinkedIn. I'm most active on LinkedIn. I am on Facebook as well, but LinkedIn, David Lindsay, or they can also feel free to email me, david at davidlindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y dot com dot A-U if you have any questions or if you want me me to come out and speak. I do a lot of speaking online, but I'm looking at uh, doing a tour over in the States because that's where I really want to get. I've gone up and down the east coast of Australia, had a blast doing that, but now I want to get worldwide. David, thanks for joining me. My absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. And I hope you and the listeners got something from it. Yeah, and feel free to reach out. 
and have a lovely day all anyway, and thank you. I want to thank David Lindsay for being my guest on this week's episode. I found that very inspiring, and I hope you did too, and I hope you'll share it with someone across your network. Just a reminder that the Resilient Journey podcast is a Resilience Think Tank production. We have another great guest lined up for next week, so join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.